Hallelujah. Who's made their choice? Who's made your choice? Hallelujah, Lord. You've been so good to us, Lord. We are so grateful, Lord. Oh, man. Isn't that a wonderful feeling when you make that choice? You say, yes, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Savior, and I trust you. I just want to welcome you all out to Wednesday night for worship and word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Will you um, walk, uh, shake a few hands and be friendly to your neighbors? As you make your way back to your seats, if I can get a couple ushers, we'll do, um, I'll do some announcements and then we'll pray and uh, pray over offering too. Mom Paul starts this weekend, this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Remind each other about the change. Ladies, you can forget. It's okay. We are starting this uh, month of September every Monday and every Friday, a hour of prayer from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And then Fridays, anybody excited for Fridays? We are, for the ninth. it's a focused prayer for the youth. The 16th is a focused prayer for our church. The 23rd is focused prayer for our city. And the, the 30th is focused prayer for our community. Yes. Our country, I'm sorry, country. Isn't that exciting? Yes. yes, we would like all, as many as you can come out. It's as you come as you want. The ninth is our youth service. He's a, <laughs> hallelujah. Yes, we are very excited, very excited. A lot of hard work. Then the 10th, from 2 to 4 is our fall festival. He's excited for that. <laughs> hallelujah. There is still a list in the hallway by the nursery for volunteers. And if you have any questions, see Sister Rexanne, Sister Chandra, and or Sister Casey for more details. And then, the 24th is our White Elephant Auction. Woo! Hallelujah. It's a great fundraiser. It's a great fundraiser, and it is a blast. We still need people to bring in items so we can get them wrapped also. Hallelujah. With all that through, we're going we're gonna to have a, a session of prayer, and then we'll also pray over the offering. Help me pray.
Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord God. Thank you for what you're about to do in this place, Lord God. We want to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Lord God. We thank you for the things that are going on in the church, Lord God. We couldn't do it without you, Lord. We couldn't do it without your love, without your grace, without your joy, Lord God, without your peace, Lord. We are asking that you come down in this service today, Lord God, that this isn't just an everyday service, that you are present with us, Lord God, that you have your way, Lord God. We are asking you, Father, to come down from your wonderful throne, Lord God, and dwell with your people tonight, Lord God. We thank you for this wonderful time to give back to your kingdom, Lord God, that you may bless the gift and the giver, Lord God, that everything that they have brought to you, Lord God, that you look upon it as a blessing to you, Lord God, for it is for you, Lord God. We thank you for what you're about to do, Lord God. We just thank you and we just ask for you, for your blessing and your honor. It's all for you, Lord God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ushers, if you will go march on out there. Help us worship and praise with our praise team.
worship the Lord tonight. I know it's a Wednesday evening, but today is the day we can encounter the presence of God in a corporate setting, in one mind and one accord. It's because of who he is, not because of what we've done today, not because of well, who we are, but because of him that we come to church on a Sunday, on a Wednesday night to worship him. So let's get our minds fixed on who he is today and who he has been to you. In Jesus' name. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you.
Take a few moments to send up. Send up a little praise. Send up a little worship. Come on, from your heart. Come on, my own words, your own words. Just let him know how you feel tonight. Love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Sister Amanda Bell. Brother Redale Seals. Make your way toward the front here. All of you, Kabir. Brother Gabe, come to the front, please. This, this is, remember I said I was going to change Ma and Paul? These are the culprits. It ain't on me now. You're picking. I want you, don't look. Here, get that. You're not picking, you're going to hold the tray. Hold it up high. All right, now you pick out the piece of paper. Don't look at the little thing. Be up on your eye. Pick two. Pick two. Put them in this way. Pick number three. All right, follow me. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Follow me. The last week, remember, we have four, two sets of captains. Bob, stand up. You say you can't do nothing? I'll show you you can do something. You can pick some papers, and, and they can hate you. Okay, pick two. Two. Yeah, just pick two, two pieces. All right, now pick two more. For the final, because it's the last Sunday, four four weeks. Yeah, don't. Yeah, pick out your own. Go ahead. Yeah, dig, 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 dig out your own. That's good. Hey, big little. Some people got a lot of money. The big ones represent a lot of money. Thank you. Thank you. Don't peek. You know the women are looking for every excuse because they're going to lose again. Again. Every lady in the house stand. Every lady in the house. I want you to see something. Every lady in the house. Look around. Guys, look around. I think it's just like the Bible tells us. There's a day coming where seven women to one. Seven women to one fella. So we're outnumbered. Thank you. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor say, the saga starts Sunday. I just want to teach you a new word for some of you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. All right. I think that's it. Uh, I do need some good items, you know. Hey, uh, help me get to some of our newer folks that's just come in uh, and explain to them White Elephant and Mon Paul. 
Uh, Sunday when you come in, there'll be two kettles up here. One will say Ma and Paul, Ma and Paul kettle, uh, if you're not too old, uh, too young to not know who they are. But that's kind of the theme. But anyway, uh, men, we bring in our change. Uh, the captains are picked. Uh, whoever has the most change between the female captain and the male captain gets a point. Then we all bring our change up, men in in the uh, Pauls and women in the malls. And then, then if you don't bring change, uh, you can put dollar bills, $5 bills, $100 bills in the women's guys and cancel it. That cancels out their change. So, yeah. So, even though we put change in ours, we can put bills in theirs and cancel them out. And then we announce the next week uh, who's leading and who's ahead uh, if we need to. It'd probably be pretty obvious. Genesis chapter 1. If you grab your Bible, we're going to get into the Word of the Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Kids Quest. Oh, my stuff fell out? Yeah. That's my top secret information, too, buddy, I tell you. Ma and Paul contest, just remind me. Uh, our meeting we had Sunday, uh, about got everything finalized and in place and going to be making some announcements. Uh, if I haven't got to everyone, I will. Uh, we're, this, is the, this is a new month month of September, so we're going to kick things off. Uh, I think it's the third Sunday of the month. I think it's, what, the 16th or something like that. The third Sunday of uh, September, uh, I'm going to have all the staff, all the new staff and volunteers, all the all the staff and department heads, we're going to have a 4 o'clock meeting. So uh, Sister Rexanne's got the calendar all put together, so uh, make sure you get one and uh, just kind of prepare for that on uh, 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I think it's the 16th of September, all right, so we can kind of plan for the next uh, little bit. All right, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verses 26 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. Somebody say all. All the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Somebody say spirit. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. First, verse 28, and God said, and God blessed them, and he said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. It means to feel. Was it like it was already uh, filled up? Feel means to feel. Replace means feel. Feel the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the, uh, of the land, air, and over the everything that liveth and bringeth and moveth upon the earth. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Uh, from verse 28, I want to talk about something uh, a little bit different, and I'm going to take a, a little bit different twist uh, about talking about growing. Look at your neighbor and say, Growing. You know, when you teach and preach for a long time, you just look for new ways and new ideals of, of how to bring certain things across. And I'm not going to teach you about growing, how to uh, mature yourself, uh, you know, to comb your hair, brush your teeth, you know, put on the right clothing, you know, put some uh, cologne on and, 
you know, it's not that kind of growing. Learn how to take care of yourself. I, I, I want to talk about something I feel like the Lord's been dealing with about. We're going to talk about it probably for a couple of weeks here and maybe the whole month of September. But let me say first, uh, especially reading this, God wasn't just saying uh, when he told them to be fruitful and multiply, God wasn't just saying, go have a bunch of kids. That wasn't what the Lord was saying. God wasn't saying that. But what God was saying, and I believe he charged Adam and Eve with being fruitful and reproducing and subduing the earth and take dominion over all the creation. And what he was saying, what he was clearly saying was God's expectations of Adam and Eve was to grow and to move forward with what God had provided and God had given them. I think we as Christians have got to look at ourselves, and it doesn't matter what stage in our walk with God that we are, whether you're 8 or 80 years that you've been serving God, it doesn't matter. We've all got to continue to grow. And how do we grow? We look at the things that God does, what God wants, what God says, and we have to understand what He's trying to propel. When he started, when he made creation, guess what? We're at the place in creation where sin hadn't creeped in yet. But God's telling them already to come together, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. And so already before sin, before they ever recognized they were different, so to speak. God already had a plan. And so he was teaching, I believe he was teaching them that he wanted them to grow and that they were going to move forward and grow. Sometimes the way we have to grow is to try to figure out why God has placed us where we're at and what we're in. Look at it. I believe what God expected was reasonable from them and not burdensome. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take care of this. Now, we call it paradise. Excuse me. We call it paradise. They were in the garden. Beautiful. God provided them with water, with food, with substance, uh, beauty. I mean, I I can't say it enough because I don't think we can really describe it. I think beauty beyond what we have today. God provided that for them. So what he, look what he did. Look at God's goodness. He, he, he placed them in that beautiful setting. He provided the food, the water. And, 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 and believe it or not, God gave man a reasonable test. How many feel like God has tested you? How, do you? how many really feel like you've been tested by the Spirit? The Lord's kind of put something in your life or caused something to happen. Because here, you you look at them from the very beginning. God gave them, and I don't believe it was unreasonable. I believe it was a reasonable test. Put up Genesis 2.17. Because he says, but the tree, here's all he says. You've got all this. It's all yours. Just take care of it. The only thing I ask, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. God provided trees that had all an abundance of fruit on it. God provided everything that was needed. But just that one thing. Now think about it. There's people that come, can't come to church because of one thing. Tithing. Some people can't come to church because of one thing. Tongues. Some people can't come to church because of one thing. A preacher. Don't like being told or what they feel like being told how to live. 
It's not the preacher telling you how to live. It's the preacher preaching the Word of God and teaching the Word of God. Just like the Lord's teaching them in the garden with everything. And, and what did he do? He put a test in their life. He said, one thing I want you to leave alone, and that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, if I was to ask you, was that unreasonable? Now, you know, we're careful because God said it. <laughs> God said it to them, so if God said it, we're a little skeptical of saying, well, you know, it would be unreasonable. But with all that they had, it wasn't. Now, let me, let me stop because I want to take more time in what I believe God wants me to convey. Uh, this, is, this is something just to help us grow. This is not something that's going to make us, you know, get deep and make us. This is something just to help us grow. God puts things in our life. God blesses us with things in our life and then tests us. God will bless you with that job that you got the church praying about. But what happens when you get the job? God will bless you with the home. God will bless you with things. God will open doors. But then, guess what happens? The test may come. And we have, to, we have to believe God because they had plenty of everything. So when God said, just that one tree, so how do we grow? How do you, how do you look at this and grow? By learning from experience. Look around. Those that have hair, the white hair, Bible calls it a hoary head. It means experience. That's what it calls it. It means experience. That's, that's the term. Now, I've had young people. I've had middle-aged couples. I've had people make reference to people sitting in the church, uh, especially you know, the old brother and sister Logan. I always like to use them. Mom pop Smurf, you know. Uh, they're passed on, but... People come in, oh, they're so sweet, and look at it. There's a lovely couple. And, you know, matter of fact, Brother Logan made a lot of his uh, hands in this building here. And, and, and they would say, and, 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 oh, it's almost like they got it made. And look at, I would look at it and say, you don't have a clue how they got there to be that sweet, to be that strong, to be that rooted, to be that faithful, to be, you don't know what it took to get there. But if you continue serving God, you will. Because God will bless you, but then God will also test you. You know, because I say this because the other day I woke up and I'm just like God, just like the Lord's really dealing with me about love. We say love. You know, I'm, my wife, she's real big about this. Everybody on the phone she talks to, love you, bye. You don't even know them. That was the operator. That was that robot that calls you about your appointment. Thank you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she does say, you know, love you. I mean, and we, we, especially our grandkids, we try to make sure we get that. And we try to make sure we get that back from them. And, and the Lord, what we have said, a lot of people say they love me. A lot of people act like they love me. But, and, and, and then the, the thought came to my mind, Lord, it made me question, Lord, do I love you? Do, do you? do you know? Do you believe? I mean, it's one thing to say it. It's one thing. I mean, do, do, do you know? Do you really believe that I love you? Because sometimes I think it's healthy for us to let God know. God, I want to know what you feel about me. I, you know, we're always asking him, God, give me a word. Send something to me. Send something. But God will say, hey, send me a word. Take some time to pray. Take some time to worship me. Take some time to let me know. 
Because that's part of growing. And growing means we recognize what we have experienced and we've gone through it. You know, when you look at Adam and Eve, they had everything going for them. Why would you, I mean, think about it. Why would you even take the chance? Getting quiet. Because we do. We're like the scorpion. Sorry, that's all. I, that's what I am. You know, the scorpion and the turtle. Try to hit you right across the water on the turtle. The turtle said, I ain't going to take you across the water. Get halfway across there, you'll sting me. And the scorpion said, well, why would I do that? You're carrying me across the water. Well, guess what? Halfway across the water, scorpions stung him. And as they begin to see, the, the, the turtle said, what would you do that for? That's what I am. That's all I can do. That's all I can be. Listen, we're human. That's all we can be until the Spirit. We'll talk about that more next week. But the Spirit, until we get the Holy Ghost, until the Spirit starts guiding us, and we start inquiring of the Spirit. But they had everything. Why would they even risk? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I was thinking today about even how to d- deliver this. And the Lord, I, you know, that tree. Because, it's, you know, we say this about kids, but we're just as bad. Soon as somebody says, no, you can't. Right, Dad? You can't do that. Don't think so? The first time, first time we hear that we can't do something, what do we do? It, it, it makes it like a, a neon flashing. Draws us right to it. And, but that's, that's, who, that's human nature. You see, before God ever created and done anything, he already knew all this. He already knew, the, he already knew what the devil was going to do because the devil already revolted in heaven. He already knew what the devil was going to do. And what God wanted to do was to show him, like we fast forward, I will have me a church. I will have me a people. Hell's not going to be able to do anything about it. But I'm going to have me a people that chooses. Because that's what Satan did. He chose to do what he did. And so when we look at this, we ask ourselves, why in the world would you even risk looking at the tree, let alone partaking after God said? But what happens? When God, listen listen to me and get this part. Because when God says something to you through ministry, through the preaching, when God says it, you better get ready. Hell's ears woke up. And hell's going to try to do everything it can to make God's word diminished. None effect, none avoid. So when we look at this, the first thing we say is, how do we grow? By learning. God knows about temptation. He knows what it is. He knew before he, he, he ever, he, it was ever present. He already knew. He already dealt with it in heaven. He already knew what was going on. Because look at because when you think about it, the method of temptation is to get us to look away from consequences. That's what the devil did. Oh, you're not going to die. You're all right. You don't need to go to church. You don't need Bible study. You don't need to hold it. You don't need this. That's the devil. That's the, it's always, always been there. But get this. This is the key. It, 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 the consequences always are going to change. Well, ain't nothing going to happen. And the substitute or the alternative that is more attractive and pleasing. 
That's what's presented. Everything always looks better when somebody else is doing it. Anybody ever try something? You see, sir? I mean, I watch these home improvement shows. Ticks me off. Them guys mess smooth, everything. Every plumbing job, I go to change the ring, the little ring on a drain. That little rubber, just that's it. And it turns into a two-hour job and an extra trip. I mean, I'm not kidding. That's why every plumb, we, we get nervous. She does, especially when I say, I can do, you know, that commercial, I can fix that. No. Because what the enemy does, he's good about substituting, making an alternative that seems more attractive and pleasing that will attract us. Because one lesson here is very clear. Their disobedience opened up. Look at me. I want you to hear this, you, you Bible scholars. Their, obedi- or their disobedience opened up their understanding. Get that? What they did wrong opened up their understanding. Watch. You think God didn't know that? That's what I love about it. We think we get, we think we're, no. God knew. That's, that's probably why he said, Brother Corey, don't touch that tree. He probably turned around and went, yeah. He's smiling like that was a waste of breath. No, because he knew. Because sometimes we had to make a mistake to learn something from it. You've heard me say this probably a hundred times over the years. I, I, that's why the Lord showed me a long time ago. Let somebody make a mistake. Don't just pounce on them. Don't just run and say, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. You may have warned them. You may have told them, oh, look what I told you. You just let them alone because sometimes a mistake means uh, when I fall down, I, I get up, I put my boots back on, look around, nobody noticed, and I learned something from it and move on. But when somebody's there to tell you about it, it makes it tougher. I mean, we look at that now and we say, well, that's horrible. Why did they eat? Why would they even do it? God already knew they was going to do it. Why? To grow. God's purpose and intention for mankind always has been for us to learn how to grow and grow close to him. Look, listen to what I'm saying. What's happening today in our society and this generation, we're not growing toward God. We're growing away from God. When we allow the world to dictate how the church is supposed to be, we're in trouble. So we've got to learn what's going on. 1 Corinthians 15. Disobedience did open up their understanding. The Apostle Paul uses the experience and what appeared to be failure as a prototype. If you read this carefully, as a prototype of Christ's resurrection and the resurrection of believers. Look what he says here, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. What, Brother Peter, how's that, how's that growing? Watch. And become the first fruits of them that slept. He's explaining something. Next verse. 
For since by man came death, who's he talking about? Adam, right? By man also came the resurrection of the dead. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Because of Adam's sin, Adam's mistake, now look what happened. Now, amen, here comes Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. Next verse. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made what? Alive. You see the contrast? Learn something from the mistake. We can harp about Adam. We can harp about the garden. We can harp about the devil. But we know by experience, we know. And guess what? If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be talking about the resurrection. Our redemption, our way out. Sure, Adam messed up. He sure did. Sure, amen, the devil was laughing and thought he had things under control. But he, we know he didn't. So we learn from, and, and, and let me say this way, sometimes I learn from your mistake. Sometimes you learn from mine. We learn from each other's mistake. You ever see somebody do something and say, ooh, not me. I ain't doing that. <laughs> More than we want to admit probably sometimes. We see things and say, oh, my Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful. Because mistakes will, look at your neighbor and say will, cause growth. If we'll allow it. A mistake will cause you to grow. If you allow it, there's mistakes that people make that they can't get past, and it stunts their growth. It hinders. It blinds because it stays stuck in it. But when you realize what mistake you made and you pinpoint what it was that you've done that was inaccurate or the wrong way, you fix it. Somebody say God's plan. God's plan, it's his plan that the kingdom of God, the church, every believer, should grow. That's God's plan. Every one of us. Now listen, I think someone said here in the last couple of weeks, sitting in the pew, are you different than you was last year? Because you can blame it on the preacher all you want. You can blame it on the, on the teaching. No, are you different? No, because it's on you. You've got to decide. You've got to realize. Listen, and sometimes just by watching people, you can see, hey, listen, I've seen people come into church and do things and think, oh, Lord, they're heading for trouble. And there's nothing you can do about it except pray. But what some of that is, now listen, somebody get this. What some of that is is for you and me to look and to glean from those mistakes. Wow. That's a mistake. I don't, I don't know about you, but have you ever done something that you had that knot in your stomach, that sick feeling in your stomach? Because you knew, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and at, least, at least you get to the point you say, I don't ever want to feel like that again. I thought I was going to throw up. No, it's the truth. <laughs> because God... <clears throat> God's plan, he'll let us know. Mistakes will cause us to grow if we'll allow it. Now, Matthew 26, 
Matthew chapter 26. Let's go there real quick. Um, pick up at what? Verse 31. I want to read it out of my Bible. Get this. Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written. Now, now we know now by experience, don't we? When you hear it is written, you can bank it. You can put it in the bank. It is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Verse 32, but after I am risen again, I will go before, now he's kind of saying who it was, I. He said, I, after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Look at this. He's letting, he's letting them know. Peter answered, now this is, this is what the thrust of it. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never, what? Be offended. This is the thrust of what the Lord's trying to get across to us. We can get in a big way and say a lot of things. In the crowd, we can be one thing. Look at I said. Oh, not me. Jesus, verse 34, said to him, Verily, truly I say unto thee, that this night, tonight, this day, tonight, before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me three times. Lord knows how to straighten us out. You see, a blessing, it's a blessing to be with the Lord. And then when the Lord says, listen, I'm getting ready to do something, and then you say something abstract, he's going to say, here's the test. You said it, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to show you something. You said it. You can talk about it all night long, but you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the other disciples. We all agree. If I was to poll the church about some things, I bet you we'd all be in agreement about something. Oh, yeah. Just like our lives, it's obvious when we're up on the mountain, when we're in a big way, man, the church is the greatest thing since lemonade. Let something happen. And that lemonade gets watered down. Lost its taste. Look at it. Now, drop down to verse 69. Because words easily spoken in the moment of emotions don't set well with the Lord. You know, he's going he's gonna to prove his point. Verse 69. Now, Peter set without in, a, in the palace, and a damsel said unto him, saying, that was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what you're saying. That's not true. And when he... Peter, are you kidding me? It was just with the Lord. I mean, Sunday, Sunday, you just was running the aisles. You had the Holy Ghost. Man, you were just, you were just having a time. What happened Monday? Peter... Come on, he's a great example here to show us. Man, because the Lord said it. Because we easily say things under emotions, 
But when we have to stand, when everybody, I don't care what democracy says, when we have to stand on what God said, amen, guess what? When God says it's going to happen, it will happen. Period. And when he was gone out in the porch, another maid saw him. You know, there's another lesson is your sins will find you out. When you harbor something, you can say all you want to hurt you harbor something. God knows how to bring it out. This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Isn't that sad? No, I mean the words. I don't, I don't know the man. My Lord, my Savior, could you say my Deliverer, my Teacher, my Master, and a God? Just burns me to no end when I hear people that attend the church say, your church. You just don't know how it burns me. I hate that. Our church. Hey, somebody tore up your bathroom. No, I didn't. It ain't my bathroom. Our it's the idea of mentality. Because notice, he's in denial. And he's trying to hide. And it's, it's because, listen, the Lord's exposing it. Look here. They came and said, sure, you also was one with them. For thy speech is giving you away. Look, look what he's saying. Your, your speech is let, letting us know who you are. Because the way a Galilean spoke, it was different than the way a Judean spoke. Watch. And he denied with an oath. And he said, surely also you with him. Then he began what? He began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock grew. When you see this here, you think, wow. And when Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which had said unto him before the cock would crow, you'll deny me three times. He went out and wept. Thank, thankfully, he went and wept bitterly. He repented. How do we grow? We learn by experience. Why, why, why did the Lord say, hey, because Peter was in a big way. Why did Peter, why, watch, watch, because this is what I get, I, and ministry always gets, you know, dinged for. Why do you got to be Debbie Downer? Why do you got to be so negative? Because the word of God will expose that's what a preacher does. A preacher's to preach the message, and the message does the conviction. Because sometimes you don't know what somebody's doing, but when you say something, it's going to work them up. Look what happened. You know, what was he, what he was harboring in his heart got worked up, and the Lord knew it. And so by experience, God, God says, listen, I want, I want this to, to be exposed. I want this to come out. But thank God, Peter wept bitterly. He repented of it. He realized, listen, the Lord warned me and let me know. Because to grow, Peter had to learn a lesson. Now, you think about the comparison. You think about what just happened here. And we know the Apostle Peter. The Lord gave him the keys to the kingdom. This basket case, this cursing like a sailor, denier, think about it. I mean, we could think maybe it don't get any worse than that. Why would, why, watch, 
because I've, I've said this about myself to the Lord many a times over the years. Why'd you pick me? Why was the Lord interested in Peter and getting him all to grow and to get him to the place to where here's the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Because sometimes what God's got to do when he tests us, because sometimes we'll put ourselves out there. Notice the conversation. God didn't ask him then anything specific. He just was telling them what was getting ready to take place. And Peter said, oh, no, not me. I'm not going to be offended. I'm, oh, no, not me. Oh, see, tonight I've got the Holy Ghost. I, oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm pumped up and I'm ready. But get cold just a little bit. Get away, get away from the rest of the crowd. Get away from the church, see how you act. Woo! How to, go to school, how you act. What comes out? Because sometimes we can say things and we can say it out of our emotion, but we've got to say, listen, God wants you to know something. I'm drawing it out of you. I'm trying to make you better because I want you to grow. Why? Because I've got something planned for you you don't even know. I don't believe Peter had any clue. (laughs) Watch, go with me there. Matthew 16, 16. Notice this. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see the contrast? God didn't ask him anything. He just volunteered. I ain't going to be offended. I'll go with you till you die. I'm right right there. I got your back. Well, I didn't ask for that. But I'm going to show you something. It's easy to say it. Because before the night's over with, you're going to deny me. You're all going to be offended. I know what I'm talking about. And then now they're going along, and, and Jesus asks, Who do men say that I am? You see, when we get something, we get it. And Peter spoke up and said, Hey, listen, you're the Christ. And what did Jesus do? He goes on to tell him, verse 19, drop down to verse 19. He goes on to say, Listen, because it was, the, it was the, not just the right answer, it was from the heart. He knew, he got it. You see, when you get something, it changes everything. Because that's why some people, the way you live your life away from the church shows that you really don't get the church. Hello? Come on, our walk with God, amen, in the church uh, is one thing, but our walk with God outside the church, is totally, it tells really who we are. He said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The same jerk that denied him. Watch. Hey, look at me. Watch this. I want you all to know I'm not Jesus Christ. It ain't that easy for me. Yeah, it ain't that easy, Brother Zach. You talk about me, you run me down, you deny me, you know, all that, man, ain't no man, he ain't nothing. Yeah, it, ain't, it ain't easy to get over. I'm not Jesus. 
But I've got to let the Holy Ghost say, hey, listen, that's emotions. That's just people. That's ignorance. Amen. They don't have a clue. Amen. Because if you really want to do things for me, guess what's going to happen? Amen. You know who I am. You stand for who I am. Amen. You speak about who I am and watch what I'll do. I'll open up the kingdom of heaven. I'll bless your family. I'll bless your community. I'll do what's needed. Amen. You just do what you're supposed to do and you get this in your heart. Amen. Because when God asks you, See the difference? The Lord didn't ask him before. He, oh no, not me. I'm not. He just throwed it out there. And so the Lord used that as a teachable moment to show us, show us even today, it's easy to say things until the heat of the moment is surrounding us. Anybody ever been intimidated? I've told you this before. I can tell you, I don't know. Probably can't count how many times I've been in a prison talking to men, talking to guys that would chop you up. Couldn't see it. My knees knocking, but I'm talking crazier to bedbug. You can't do nothing to me that God won't let you do. Truth. Because something about the spirit inside of you, when you get something, and when it's needed, God will use it, and it will confuse the enemy. That's why God says it's through the foolishness of preaching that messes up the world. That's why there's an attack on the church. That's why there's an attack on preaching. That's why there's an attack on the man of God. Why? Because that's what God has put in place in these last days to be the warn, to be the one that says, listen, we've got to be ready. You've got to watch out. You've got to be the watchman. You tell people today, stop doing what you're doing, they'll look at you like you're crazy. Who do you think you are? Hello? <laughs> I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but sometimes I've looked people in the eye and it's almost looking like a crazy person. I, I've, I've worked in the state hospital. You look in their eyes, it's just nothing. It's just I've been in the prisoners, guys, and their eyes, they just look like, I mean, there's no life, just nothing there. You know, and, and, you're trying, and you're trying to say something that has some kind of validity, and, and, and you realize this ain't going nowhere. You, you follow? See, to, to grow in the Holy Ghost means the Spirit's got to guide us in things that, that we try to control. And we've got to let go of and not control. Because when we let go of it and not try to control it. Now, don't not, listen, don't mistake it. We've got to do our part. Pray, fast, get in the word of God, be prepared to give an answer. That's something that's lacking today in the Christian world. Being able to give it. There's people in the Trinitarian, in the Trinitarian world with doctrine that will chew up people that supposedly oneness that know who they serve and full of the Holy Ghost. That should not be. I mean, let's reverse the role real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close here. Reverse the role. You know, you hear me say about Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes in privately. Why? Because he's a professor. He's a teacher of the Jews, and he don't really want to be seen, but he wants to know about Jesus. He's curious. He said, what is this born-again experience? What is it that Jesus tells him? He tells him about being born again, about 
you know. But what does he tell him? How can, when he responds, how can these things be? Jesus said, you're a teacher and you don't know? No, you're a teacher of the Jews. You should know Messiah. In other words, what are you teaching? You don't know? Think about it. It's, it's that kind of, now we can say our faith. You're full of the Holy Ghost, you're absolute, and you don't know? Because we should be teachers. We should be the example. We should be teaching. So when you, like I said, when you look at it, everything that the Lord has done, everything in the Word of God has something to do with us growing. And let me say this to us older folks. We can't live on the past. Yeah, the past was great. Yeah, you can talk about all that God done for us when we was 30 and 40 and 50. But what about now? Come on, we got we to gotta dig out some stuff now. We got to, come on, we got to plow out some things now for ourselves in our last, last hour of journey. I can't live on the past. I can't preach about the past and get somebody excited about it. They've got to experience it. That's why we've got to have the Holy Ghost in our, in our services so that people can feel something for themselves. Stand with me. We can talk about it in front of them all day long. It ain't going to change nothing. But when we allow the Spirit to operate, whoo, look out. I said a while ago, you ever been intimidated? This last weekend made the Lord mad at me. Fall conference. Worship was going on. Things were happening. And that just is, I mean, God is my witness. I'm nobody. I don't know. I'm not prophetic. But God said, I want to speak. And I st- stepped up to the altar. Things were going on. And I knew God was getting ready to speak. And just, man, next thing I know, of all people, my wife, tongues. I'm telling you, and I, I've got the gift. I mean, I, it's not a problem, but it was because I was intimidated. And I stepped back and said, I knew I was supposed, supposed to interpret tongues. But because it was my wife, because of the environment, I said, oh, Lord, it's going to appear like a show. And I held my tongue. I had to ask forgiveness because it, it came. Because we can be intimidated. I don't care what stage in life you think, well, what would you have to be afraid of? It wasn't I was afraid, afraid. It was just intimidation. Because it comes in all different kind of forms. Because the Lord reminded me afterwards, you told me when you felt something in me, you wouldn't hold back. So I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I do trust you. I do. And, I, and I, I don't want you to take that gift from me. You see, there's nothing wrong with a mistake if we can learn from it. And I, I, I better be careful what I say because now it don't matter where I'm at. If I feel that 
I'm going to try my best to obey God. We've all got to get to that place in our own walk. And all this lesson tonight is just about, listen, we've just got to realize, you know, we can, we can get so, you know, churchy and we can get so, you know, it, it, it just become mundane and what we do. And it's just what we do on Sunday. It's what we do. It's just what we do. And it's not what it's about. God wants more because, listen, especially, especially when we say we know we're living in the last days then that puts more responsibility on what we should be doing. You don't feel that way? I do. I feel that in my spirit. I feel the spirit of the Lord trying to get the church fired up. Because one thing I've learned, when there's too many distractions, there's a reason. When there's too many distractions, the devil's trying to keep you from getting something that God has for you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the opportunity we have, God, to come together. God, that we can still, Lord God, hear your word, God. We can still be motivated, Lord. God, that we can grow, Lord God, that we can step up in faith, Lord God, trusting and believing, God, that you're carrying us, Lord, taking us through something, God, that we can learn from, Lord, God, I pray, God, that you bless every soul in this place tonight, God, regardless of where we're at. God, that we don't harbor these feelings, Lord God, but we realize, God, that it's easy to say, Lord God, but let's do, Lord. Let's do what you've called us to do, Lord. God, send your spirit, God. Continue, God, to pour it out, Lord God, and let us be, let us be what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen, amen. Lord bless you. Shake hands and be friendly.